0: Hi, Michael, I'm excited to have a little cultural conversation with you today. Thanks for joining us for our chat.
1: Good afternoon, Kimberly. How are you?
0: Great, great. Uh, so I thought um, as we're introducing culture to Circana, uh, all of our ELT members are doing a short interview, and I am part of the cultural architect team. We'd like to hear a little bit about you, what your role is at Circana, your experience, and any personal highlights.
1: Sure. Um, so I am responsible for operations within Circana, which really includes our core operations, our client service teams and solution delivery. Um, I live in the Chicago suburbs. Uh, I originally grew up on Long Island in New York. Um, I met my wife at college, and she's from Chicago, which is what originally drew me to this area. Um, and so we live here with our three girls. Uh, who are age 11, 10, and six and a half. Um, And so that's a little bit about me. And I've been with Serkana for a little less than nine years.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing. So we want to talk a little bit about culture. Can you start us off with why you think culture is so important, such an important piece of our conversation today?
1: I think culture has always been important it does feel like, over the last several years, it's become this more frequent topic in uh, the business world. When I think about culture, I think it's the values and the beliefs and the behaviors of people in the organization. It's about how decisions are made, how people interact with each other, how people treat each other. and. It turns out that the culture of an organization has a large impact on the performance of an organization and the results that team or that company can achieve. And so I think as leaders have over time come to recognize and appreciate the linkage, culture gets a lot more attention. I also think all of us as employees, the culture of an organization tells us a lot about what it feels like to work at a place, about what opportunities might exist for each of us to have impact. And so it's an important topic for all of us because it determines what it feels like to come to Circana every day.
0: Yeah. So when you joined, you joined IRI, we're now Circana. Can you tell us how you've seen the culture change over uh, your tenure?
1: Uh, It has changed quite a bit over the uh, almost nine years that I've been here. I think the most significant pivot probably happened when Kirk joined the organization. Uh, He changed a bit of the style and had a lot of influence over the culture. When I think about the culture at IRI before, um, there was a big emphasis on being entrepreneurial. There was a huge focus on growth. It was right in the tagline, IRI growth delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were doing everything we could to drive growth. And there were a few of these phrases that sort of just became part of the zeitgeist. I don't know. Uh, There was this phrase, commit and figure it out, this idea that like we should commit to do something, even if we don't know how we're going to do it, and then we'll figure out how to do it. It was linked with this other phrase um, that nothing is impossible. So there was this real belief that we could do anything. um, And we were determined to find a way, whatever that way might be. There was also this phrase of "we want to live at the edge of chaos and no further," but a lot of people forgot the "no further" part, and so there was this sense of living at the edge of chaos. Yeah, uh, and there was also a big emphasis on this idea of stretch targets, this belief that by setting stretch targets, targets it would cause all of us to reach as far as we could and achieve amazing things. And I think that culture over time resulted in this huge sense of pace and this energy and this growth and also a little bit of chaos. Um, But we did achieve amazing things over those years. I think it also had some side effects, like we left some messes in our wake. There were things we went and did that, you know, a product was kind of half-baked, but we figure out how to deliver it. And we would then either have to go back and clean up the mess we made later, or we live with the mess for several years. And so huge growth, but also a little bit of chaos. If I reflect on what we're trying to do with our culture today, we're trying to leverage the positive aspects, the focus on growth, Um, remain committed to the idea of being entrepreneurial, but add in a flavor of discipline And predictability and process maturity, um, a greater emphasis on prioritization, the idea of being choiceful, even if, by the way, it still feels like we might have chosen to do too many things. It's our aspiration uh, to be choiceful. And so we don't want to be overly bureaucratic, and we still want to be innovative. But we want to be a little more orderly in our approach of getting to that growth and innovation. Um, so there has been this pivot, and I think part of that is we're a bigger organization now. We talk about wanting to operate with the discipline of a public company. Um, and so, you know, that's part of the pivot that I see us making in our culture.
0: Thanks for sharing your perspective and and how you've seen it shift. The, the other thing that um, comes to mind, I, as being part of global operations, I remember in February 2020, you introduced Shingo to global operations. Can you tell us a little bit about Shingo and the principles and what impact that has had on global operations and the culture?
1: Sure, I'm particularly passionate about this topic. Some of the books over my left shoulder uh, reflect the focus on Shingo, if you can see them. Um, So, the Shingo model is named after Shigeo Shingo. Um, He originally gained fame from his work developing the Toyota production system and uh, is largely considered one of the founders of Lean. Um, And the Shingo model comes out of the Shingo Institute, which is the home of the Shingo Prize, which is considered like the Nobel Prize for operations. So, it's this research institute at Utah State University that focuses on how do organizations drive operational excellence. So the Shingo model itself talks about the connection between principles, systems, tools, culture, and results. And it has these three insights that I think are pretty informative as we have a conversation about culture. Um, The first is that uh, the Shingo model says that ideal results require ideal behaviors. So if you want to achieve a particular set of ideal results or certain set of ideal behaviors that help you get there. So let's say for Circana the ideal results might be sustained high single digit growth over a number of years accompanied by margin expansion. So if that's the ideal financial result and we could layer in other results like exceptional client satisfaction and so on but there's a set of ideal behaviors that would support and enable those results. So Behaviors might be um, putting the client at the center of all the decisions that we make and investing in innovation on a continued basis to enable that growth and operating with efficiency because we want to drive margin expansion. And so, an organization might achieve great results without good behaviors for a short time. But if you want to achieve ideal results over a sustained time, there's a set of ideal behaviors that you need. So, that's the first kind of insight from the Shingo model. The second one says that purpose and systems drive behavior. So whatever systems we have in place drive the behaviors that all of us do every day, even if we don't totally realize it. So If we built an incentive system that rewarded us based on individual performance rather than team performance, you can imagine the behaviors that that would drive. It would drive people to focus on their own area and what they're doing and not spend as much time collaborating with peers. So systems drive behaviors. And then the third insight from the Shingle model is that guiding principles inform ideal behaviors. They give us a sense for what good looks like. So within Sarkana, if we look at our unstoppable together rallying cry, and we look at um, some of our principles like stay curious and seek clarity, That kind of tells us what good looks like. And so if you have a set of principles, it tells you what to do. Besides that, the Shingo model comes packaged with its own set of guiding principles that are grounded in fundamental truths and refined over time and passed down from luminaries like Deming. And so it recommends things like respecting every individual and leading with humility and thinking systemically that these are the principles that are consistent with operational excellence in, you know, hundreds or thousands of organizations around the world. So it's a a useful model to benchmark our performance and our behaviors versus other companies and uh, help us understand the impact of all these components.
0: So you see Shingo as a complement to Circana culture.
1: Absolutely, it's we're not trying to compete with it. Um, Trying to enable it. A lot of the Shingo model I think of as um, kind of like the laws of physics. It tells us how things work, right? It tells us that ideal results require ideal behaviors. We could choose to ignore that, just like I might not be an expert in all the laws of physics. I'm still subject to gravity, like it's keeping me in this chair right now, whether I'm familiar with the science behind it or not. And so I think the Shingo model reveals some of the Science and the connections between these different things, which can help us achieve the circana culture that we want. It's not trying to be a different culture or anything like that. It's giving us the tools to help us achieve what we all want to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do you see the circana culture being lived out in operations? And uh, because we're in operations, do you see
1: it having a, an
0: impact on the client experience?
1: Uh, definitely i think when i look at our seven um, the seven values or behaviors that are part of um, our aspiration for circana i think a couple of the ones that stand out the most for me when i look at our operations team one is to your point centering on the client i think the organization is incredibly dedicated i mean all of circana is it's kind of magical to our clients we don't always deliver what we want to for our clients, but when we don't, we're kind of devastated about it. And we work really hard to try to deliver whatever our clients want. People go out of their way personally in ways that like, it's hard to imagine or describe to others who are not part of the organization to try to make things happen for our clients we're constantly thinking almost to our detriment about workarounds and other things that we might do to satisfy a client need, even if the core tools that we have or the core products that we've built don't directly satisfy the client. Like we're determined to come up with a way. It's a little bit of that legacy of um, nothing's impossible and you know we'll figure it out. So centering on the client is a huge part of what I see us do. I think owning the outcome is another one. I think the organization is um, very accountable. I think people feel very accountable and again, get kind of, I don't know, feel personally upset if uh, we're letting a client down for any reason or we didn't do what we said we would do. So. I do see the culture lived out in operations, just like all the other parts of Circana. We've got a lot of things we can do better. Uh, We're at the early stage of this Circana journey as a culture. We've still got a lot of different separate cultures and a lot of work to do, but um, I think people are trying and excited about it and committed to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, last one. When uh, Lisa and Jeremy uh, chatted, she asked him what uh which of the cercana
2: behaviors would you would would you say is your superpower and why so same question for you um
1: it's really hard to pick one i'm gonna pick two um i think i'll stick with the like upper left corner of our rallying cry if i'm picturing it correctly uh, which is uh, stay curious and seek clarity. I spend a lot of time being curious and trying to achieve clarity. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I'm asking a lot of questions because I'm curious, and I'm trying myself to understand how things work, to learn from other people in the organization. Um, but I also think I ask a lot of questions and trying to help us come up with a shared understanding which is part of clarity, trying to make sure we all understand what it is that we're trying to deliver. What have we actually committed? What really matters to the client? What's hard about the problem we're trying to solve and what's easier or more straightforward? Um, so I'm going to go with stay curious and seek clarity or somewhere on the line between those two. Um, that's I don't know that I would say I have a superpower, but if I had to pick one that I emphasize.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. While we're talking about culture, there's just this one other quote on culture that I wanted to emphasize. Um, So, Edgar Schein, who was a professor at MIT, had this quote. I'm going to not get it quite right, but basically says that one of the most important things that leaders do is. Uh, create and manage culture. And if you're not managing culture, then it's probably managing you and it uh, possibly in a way that you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really important as we have these conversations around culture, because we have a culture in our organization and we could spend no time thinking about it and we would still have a culture Mm because we're all behaving every day and we're making decisions and we're interacting. Uh, and a lot of organizations end up with kind of a de facto culture, which is just how it is. And I think if we don't take the time to have conversations like this and reflect on those seven behaviors we want in Circana, um, we'll end up with a de facto culture and it will manage us. It will ultimately determine how you show up every day and how I show up every day. But if we take the time to think about what we want our culture to be and kind of lean into that, try to role model it, talk about it with others, I think we've got the best shot on actually building the culture that we aspire to, which is this pursuit we will probably never quite get there. But like every year we can chip away and get better at it. Um, and so that's one of my like favorite ideas about culture and uh, why I'm excited that for having this conversation and you're taking the time to do it, Kimberly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. All right, Um, we're going to take some questions from Circana colleagues across the globe. So I don't know if you know this, but we've asked people to send questions that we're asking our ELT leaders that we've dubbed
2: the fishbowl. Are you ready? You're in the hot seat now. All right, let's see how it goes. All right. OK, everyone has a birthday. Please share either your favorite gift ever
0: or the favorite way you celebrated.
1: Um, so my birthday is September 6th, which was actually just uh, a little less than two weeks ago. Um, my favorite gift uh, remains to this day, uh, Lego. So even <clears throat> in my 40s, if I get Lego as a birthday gift, I am super excited. Uh, And and my wife knows this. And so several times in the last few years, I've gotten some interesting Lego build. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, it was the Lego piano, uh, which was particularly particularly fun and interesting to build. So I'm going to go with Lego.
2: That's awesome. Thank you. All right. We'll take another one. A lot of good questions here. I get to the bottom. I everybody to know this is truly random. Okay. What superpower did you want to have as a kid versus what would you like to have
0: now? And this is coming from Anita Ayer.
1: So as a kid, I liked Superman and the idea of flying was by far the only superpower that I cared about and dreamed about and uh, would pretend with toys and stuff that you know they would have. I really haven't thought about this lately, but I still think it would be incredibly cool if I could fly um, and just even imagining that right now, like it's a beautiful day here in Chicago and I kind of wonder what the neighborhood looks like from up above, so I'll go with flying.
0: Flying. That's great, thank you.
2: All right, we have time for one more. Going back in. Okay. Simon Sinek suggests that we start with why. Why do you choose to do the work
0: you're doing in this industry or company? And that came from Ursula Gilleran.
1: That's a great question, Ursula. Um, I, have made most of the choices in my career, not actually based on a particular industry, um, but based on just a few principles of how I want to spend my time. I want to spend my time working with talented people where we can learn from each other, people I can learn from, people I can help develop. Um, and so First thing is I just want to work with a great group of people. The second is I really like solving interesting, hard problems. Um, and we have no shortage of hard problems to solve in the operations organization within Circana. Um, Operations in general as a discipline, I just find fascinating in almost any company. I would say I'm more married to the discipline of operations than any particular industry. Um, but I love solving problems. And then the third thing is I just want to know that I'm having some tangible impact, that I'm ultimately helping us achieve great things as a company and build a company that will be better when I leave than when I arrived, having positive impact for clients, um, having positive impact for each other. So for me, it's about the people, the problem solving and some way of measuring impact. Um in my early career as a consultant, that guided what projects I decided to do. Um, and that kind of led me to Circana and gives me incredible conviction about staying and showing up to work every day excited and energized. So I think that's a great note to conclude on, Kimberly.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking a third fishbowl question. I want to thank you, uh, Michael, for the time today. The cultural architect team really appreciates Uh, you sharing so much and being so transparent and authentic this was fantastic thank you thank you